0: Hello, happy Thursday, my friends, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. Now, in the last episode, in the last one we did, you may recall that all six, I don't know if you've heard this news, all six Premier League clubs pulled out of the so-called European Super League. Well, that wasn't the end of it because both Liverpool and Manchester United's owners have apologised to their fans for being involved in the ESL in the first place. On drive, Adrian Durham read out the statement from United co-chairman Joel Glazer. The siren seems to be the hardest
2: word. We fully accept that the Super League was not the right way to go about it in seeking to create a more stable foundation for the game. We failed to show enough respect for its deep-rooted traditions, promotion, relegation, the pyramid, and for that we are sorry. This is the world's greatest football club, and we apologise unreservedly for the unrest caused. ...during these past few days. It's important for us to put that right. Man United has a rich heritage and we recognise our responsibility to live up to its great traditions and values. Chaz is a Manchester United fan. How do you feel about that apology from Joel Glazer, Chaz?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I think it's a lot of rubbish. And I think what United fans need to do is they need to stop protesting and they need to vote with their feet. Stop buying tickets, stop buying merchandise and make sure Old Trafford is empty for the next 12 months.
2: Manchester United Executive Vice Chairman Ed Woodward has announced he's stepping down at the end of 2021. He has been scapegoated by the Glazers. This this plan has crumbled. He's been the first to fall from it, but there's no ramifications
3: for the Glazers. And this is why there needs to be reform now. This is why, and we keep talking about the 50 plus one model that's been employed in Germany, about fans having a say, bring the fans into the boardroom, let them have a say.
0: Now we are about to hear from two Liverpool fans, football writer Tony Evans and Mickey Quinn, as well as one of their former defenders, Mark Lawrenson. But first, here's the owner, John W. Henry.
1: I want to apologize to all the fan supporters of Liverpool Football Club for the disruption I caused over the past 48 hours. It goes without saying, but should be said, that the project put forward was never going to stand without the support of the fans. No one ever thought differently in England. Over these 48 hours, you were very clear that it would not stand. We heard you. I heard you.
3: I'm not a big supporter of it, to be honest. I said it already 500 times. I said in 2019 something about it. Still, my opinion didn't
0: change. Jurgen couldn't believe what was happening mm. and was, you know, was as shocked as any of us when the news broke. The reason they didn't ask Jurgen Klopp what he thought is that he would have told them, again, in no uncertain terms that this was wrong and this won't work.
1: And I want to apologise to Jurgen, to Billy, to the players and to everyone who works so hard at LFC to make our fans proud. They have absolutely no responsibility for this disruption. In this endeavour, I've let you down.
2: He's got no right to own Liverpool Football Club. Absolutely no right whatsoever. All he had to do was ask Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. All he had to do was ask a fan, Jurgen Klopp, I mean, it's not like he hasn't got a hotline to his own manager. Just had to
0: ask him the question. I think the biggest punishment to them owners is the stick they're taking at this moment. From fans worldwide, never mind in this country, they've had egg on their face big time. So I'm not sure about punishments. I want apologies and explanations, and then I want them to build up the trust in the fans. Mm-hmm. And hey, let's give the fans free admission for for a season or something. You know, let's see. if It really hurt their pockets, because that's what it was all down to, Ali, want not money.
3: Yeah. I get the anger, I get the vitriol, but... Everybody, I say, makes mistakes. And once you apologise, you hope that they can go forward for them. Put it this way, I don't think we'll see them at Anfield for a while. Well, we can't anyway at the moment, can we? Might might be good news for them, that.
0: Now, the Secretary of State for DCMS, Oliver Dowden, admitted he was baffled. The owners thought the Super League was a good idea. We'll also hear from the former Executive Director of the Football Association, David Davis. I mean, if your surname's Davis, who calls their child David? David Davis, just... Anyway, we'll hear from David Davis, Brighton CEO, Paul Barber, but this is Simon Jordan criticising the big six for being arrogant. Oh, pot and kettle spring to mind.
3: You've got American owners that do not get the dynamics of English football. They think it's the same as America. The reasons why Henry, and specifically Cronky, got it wrong is because they don't get the dynamics of it. And they've just had their heads handed to them. And it wasn't just about the fans. It was about the other 86 clubs in the English pyramid. Mm. And they went against them and they said, up yours. And they've had their backsides royally smacked. Mm. But behind the scenes, what's really going on is people like JP Morgan that were going to fund this went, whoa! hold on a second we didn't price this in we're going to get reputational damage and by the way we only raised 10 billion if we would have raised 50 billion then these guys might have acted a bit differently and they might have been a bit more inclusive what they tried to do was grab it all for themselves i just can't understand how they didn't understand the game is so central to our identity i'm culture secretary and just as i would stop Damage to our great cathedrals, our country homes, our museums, our galleries. This is as central to our sense of identity as a nation, and it was vital we stepped in to say we'd do whatever it took to stop this. What you never underestimate is the laughable incompetence and inadequacy of those that supposedly run the biggest football clubs in the world. What's even worse is it's laughable that they've fallen over. Someone farted at them and they fell over. You're Mm. gonna start a fight, at least have the fight. Are you big boys or not? You didn't even have a fight. You didn't even get off the stool.
0: Trust takes a long time to build. And in this case, it's taken 72 hours to destroy. And I think it's going to be quite a long way back for some of the clubs involved to be trusted again, not just by their own fans, but by the rest of football at the moment.
3: Um, But that's not to say it can't happen. And clearly for the football pyramid to exist and survive and prosper, we've got to find a way to...
0: To move forward
3: if football is incapable of reforming itself from inside as we found and people always say well if you're so clever and other members of your group are so clever why didn't you change it when you were on the inside the answer to that is we tried please believe me we tried but it's so difficult to bring together the warring factions, so difficult
0: that actually it's proved impossible over generations. And we believe that's why we believe there has to be an independent regulator. So, what does this mean for Arsenal supporters in their relationship with the owner, Stan Kroenke? Well, we'll get the take of Robbie Lyle from AFTV. But first, here's breakfast presenter and award winner, Laura Woodsy Woods. You've just drawn this attention to this extraordinary player that fans absolutely adore, and you've quoted his words. One of Rocky's quotes, remember who you are, remember where you came from, that actually was celebrated by Arsenal on the anniversary <coughs> of his death. What was it? 20-year anniversary of his death quite recently. 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 And all the time you were conspiring to take this club away from its fans. It's, it's so hypocritical, it's so... Um, cloak and dagger, and I think there's so much damage that's been done. crunky wasn't popular anyway. He's never been popular at that club. This goes a step further. I just I just wonder whether or not, in the same sense that we said that these owners don't have any compassion to this fan base, the fan base have pushed this not to happen. Can they can they push further? Can they actually eject someone from the club or, or not? I don't know. Probably, It's probably a big, tall order, isn't it?
3: Where's Fan Cronky' It's your club. You own 100% of the club nobody's buying it here at Arsenal. Nobody's buying it here. He has to go. He has to leave now. Yeah, I mean, this credibility is finished with the fans at Arsenal. And, I, and as I said, I said, what can he tell us now that we would ever believe? I mean, a friend of mine today said, Robbie, you know, the the one thing about it now is that You know, a lot of these clubs have lost a load of money. They're going to be in quite a financial hardship now that they won't have this Super League. Not that he wanted to go into it, my friend, but he was just saying it. And I said to him, I'll tell you what, right? I said, if this summer, Dan Kroenke turned around and he offered us a choice, I'll buy Mbappe and Haaland, or I'll leave, I'd say leave. Leave
0: and we'll just stick with what we got. Hi, I'm Danny Kelly, and you're listening to Talk Sport Daily. Now, Liverpool legend John Barnes has said that victory for the fans changes little in the whole scheme of things. And on breakfast, the Crystal Palace winger Andros Townsend said the ESL incident is an eye-opener in how football deals with racism. I think
1: back to England and Bulgaria, where there was um, racist chants from the crowd through the whole game. Anyone could hear it, um, even the viewers on TV. And it took you away from FIFA months to, to come to a verdict. And the verdict was... I think it was forty thousand dollars or pounds fine for Bulgarian, and no ban, no nothing, no thrown out of competitions. And all of a sudden, um, these people, UEFA, FIFA, they see their bottom line being threatened—a breakaway league. And all of a sudden, within twenty-four hours, they've got statements. They're threatening to ban players, ban clubs, throw out people mm-hmm. from competitions, and all this because their their bottom line is being threatened. But when it's racism, we don't care. We don't have the power to ban these players or ban clubs or ban nations. So, yeah, I think this incident, in a way, sheds more light on the issues we do face currently within Europe.
3: The fans can believe that, yes, we've won on this occasion. When nothing changes for the fans, five years later, something else will happen, and we'll use the fans again to start this revolution because the elite group don't want things to change. They want status quo to stay the same, and we say yes. This is for the working classes. We do this as Black people. We talk about George Floyd. We talk about Black inner-city schools, and an elite group of Black people get more, and nothing changes for the Black community. But we say it's in their name. This has been going on for a thousand years, where we've been trying to convince the working classes, the masses, the average woman, the average gay, the average Black person, that it's in your behalf and it's for you. And elite groups of people have got better lives, but nothing changes for them.
0: And on to the Premier League action on the pitch, where Spurs won their first game under interim boss Ryan Mason against Southampton and annoyingly Man City beat Aston Villa. This is how it sounded on TalkSport.
1: Eight more
2: points required then for City to claim the Premier League crown. It's another step towards it. Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 2.
0: It's not the best start I dreamt last night, uh, but we're we're reacting incredibly well and uh, we play good, solid and good, good.
3: On the right-hand side, turned home by Phil Foden from the edge of the six-yard box in front of the watching England manager. Phil Foden is... One of the best players, you know, uh, around at the moment. He's uh, an incredible talent and I thought it was great tonight again. Man City will play the rest of this game with 10 men. Stones is sent off, Aston Villa 1, Man City 2, but that down to 10 men.
0: John is late, but he's not intention to be aggressive and make an action like a make a fault. He's late and this is a good lesson for us, for the, you know, for the Carabao final against Tottenham and for the Champions League, it's a good lesson. He was a
1: player that has unbelievable amount of belief in his in his ability but at times it's misplaced and I think at times he takes risks unnecessary risks I felt that been, that, that part of his game had moved on and I'd done a show when England played the last game I'd done a show with Perry Groves and if you remember it wasn't a great ball from Pope to him but he got caught in two minds and in the end he gave the ball away and we conceded
2: and England architects of their own downfall there John Stones traces a hand of apology calling possession by Milik
1: since then his game has his game has wobbled there was no question his game is wobbled. The, goal, the game against against Leeds, mm-hmm. I felt should have done better mm-hmm. of, yeah, of a man of his experience and, and know-how to allow a runner from midfield that deep to get beyond him. We've seen the the red card tonight. The goal even that, that Villa scored, I felt was was down to him. You know he's got to deal do better with that, and I. Just think where he was nailed on as a starter, and I think he probably is still our best starter alongside Maguire for those two centre-half positions.
3: And right at the very end, Tottenham have come from behind to win in Ryan Mason's first game in charge of Spurs.
1: we very, very proud. Um, proud of the boys. I thought the, the attitude and the desire, desire they've shown was, was absolutely outstanding. And, yeah, it was an emotional game for many different reasons, but thankfully we've got the win and... Um, I feel happy and everyone in there feels very happy too.
3: They were 1-0 down. He strikes, they're 2-1 up. And Super Son sinks the Saints again. Gareth Bale got himself a wonderful individual goal. Son, I think, uh, certainly in the second half, was my man of the match. Uh, you know, and I think just as, as a group, They'll be glad to get this week out of the way. It's the perfect tune-up for the Carabao Cup final, live this weekend on Talk Sport. Look, it'll be a very difficult game. It'll be interesting how he sets his team up there, Hugh. Does he go there to not concede too many and stay in the game? Or does he go there and say, you know, we've got attacking players that can cause you a problem? It's going to be really interesting. No Harry Kane in the team tonight. Is he going to be OK for Sunday?
1: Listen, we hope so, but we don't know. Um, it's, it's a case of taking it each day by day. I think everyone knows that Harry will be doing absolutely everything to, to be out on the pitch as soon as Possible, but at the moment we're really not sure.
3: Has he done any training at all?
1: No Harry's just been been getting treatment, but like I say, it's it's a case of just taking it each day as it comes. Harry's probably one of the most committed footballers in the world for stuff like this. Hopefully, as the week goes on, we'll have more information.
0: That was ex-Talksport presenter, <laughs> now Spurs manager Ryan Mason.
1: I'm pleased for Ryan. So he's, a nice, he's a nice he's a lovely bloke. He's, he is. He is, and you know he's got dealt a bad hand.
0: Although he's changed now. I texted him and I didn't get a reply. He don't know. Nah. No reply. Has he read it? He oh Has he read it? Yeah. He's going to go into Jose mode, Has hasn't he? read it? Not even read it. No. He's Although he's, knowing Ryan, he's probably not on the old blue ticks anymore, is no, he? No, you
1: don't blue tick anything now, mate. Not
3: when you're a manager of
0: a Premier no, League don't. club. No. Of course you don't. Keep him dead to him now. Do you know what I mean? A couple yeah. of weeks ago, he was like, oh, get us a job. Now he's got one. He never said that, by the way.
3: Southampton lose again. Southampton throw away points from a winning position again. They aren't going to collapse at the wrong time, are they? We have six more games. Uh, I'm sure that we have to win the one or the other. We will keep on working on our quality to, to do this because uh, that we have the quality we have shown and uh, we only must show it a little bit longer than 60 minutes because 60 minutes are not enough.
2: At the moment, the run they're on, that's as bad as anything relegation form sackable form but it's difficult when he's been so good with that squad of Mm. players I think you stick with him I think you back him and give him better tools to work with when you're playing in such a tough league where you need to rotate
0: Well, that's it. Thanks so much for listening on Talks by Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't hit it, just press it. If you hit it, you might break your keyboard, and we're not liable for that. I'm back today at 4 p.m. on drive time. Yeah, no Durham today. It's me and Goffy from 4. So make sure you tune into that. And of course, make sure you tune into the fun boy on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, also tonight from 10 p.m. I won't be in it of course, but uh, he will be alongside someone else. They've probably not even booked that person yet, but they will be taking calls after Leicester against West Brom. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first in the morning. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe.
3: That was a podcast from TalkSport.